Hi everyone, it's Mark Dent with Law Trades, and welcome to this week's edition of 10 Minute Legal News. Uh, this week I'm going to be talking about uh, Chinese antitrust actions, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, federal ruling regarding DACA and what that means, and then finally I'll discuss just for a little bit why this fall uh, could lead to a lot of attorneys leaving their jobs and going places that are a lot more flexible. But first, let's talk about antitrust and let's talk about China. So just like the United States, the Chinese government has recently been cracking down uh, against some major tech companies. Over here, of course, you know, that's meant Amazon and Facebook. Uh, in China, it means, uh, you know, the likes of ByteDance and, and Tencent and uh, particularly a company called uh, Didi uh, that I mentioned last week, the uh, essentially the Chinese equivalent of Uber. Um, you know, that ride-sharing app was uh, removed from app stores uh, a couple of weeks ago after Didi went ahead uh, with an IPO on the U.S. exchange, even though China wanted it to figure out some more security measures beforehand. But let's get back to the big picture here, which is, uh, as we have had here in America, these major tech companies have a lot of influence. The government, in some ways, sees them as having too much and obviously uh, being anti-competitive. Well, China sees the same things, except their motives for taking these antitrust actions are a little bit different. Uh, here in the United States, there's been this effort of antitrust to kind of level the playing field and you know be more competitive uh, all around. Well, in China, it's more more like China wants less competition in the private market and more power for itself to essentially uh, have its uh, very kind of strong government and basically have as much power as it can over these tech companies. And, and so what is the sort of evidence of this? Well, um, for one thing, China's been actually pretty blunt about it. The Communist Party said last year uh, that it wanted private companies to, quote, firmly listen to the party and follow the party. And tech insiders interpreted that as a call for them to show their worth and sort of their loyalty to the government. Um, one antitrust expert uh, based in Hong Kong uh, likened China's tactics to shock therapy. Um, he, he told the New York Times basically that China has been reeling, reeling in these major companies, uh, like Didi, for instance, to bring them closer to the government. And that the end result of this could be China having de facto state control of major tech companies and all the various data that those tech companies collect. So, um, and, and as I was saying earlier, that uh, the stakes are high. Um, if these tech companies do, don't comply with the government, uh, then they could see a fate like Didi has, which is that uh, they went through with their IPO filing and now their app has been removed from uh, app stores in China over security concerns. So what's going to continue happening? Um, you know, insiders say uh, likely we're going to see similar pressure made against uh, companies. There's already been pressure made against ByteDance by the Chinese government, and they actually have complied a lot, a lot more than Didi did. And this is likely to continue. And, uh, you know, China's antitrust strategy is going to continue as well, and it will be different from the United States's uh, in that they want to have the power. Okay, so let's move on now uh, to DACA. And uh, DACA, of course, is deferred action on, on childhood arrivals. 
And that is a law that has been on the books since 2012. Um, Obama uh, passed it through an, through an order, uh, and, it, and it basically gave around 600,000 undocumented immigrants who moved to the United States as children the ability to continue staying in the U.S. and, and not face the threat of deportation. Um, under the plan, they get two years, and then they can renew it uh, for another two years, and so on and so forth. And ever since it passed, it, it's been targeted, uh, particularly uh, by uh, conservatives. And this last week, a Texas federal judge ruled that DACA is unconstitutional. Um, now, what does that exactly mean, though? Uh, so for the 600,000 undocumented immigrants uh, who, have, um, who are part of DACA, who are dreamers, um, for now, not a lot. Um, so far, uh, no action will be taken against them. And it will also have no uh, effect on people who have begun the renewal process uh, to get another two years. Uh, they will still be able to do that. Uh, but the sort of major impact of it, at least for now, is that the ruling does bar the federal government from granting DREAMer status to new applicants. So for any um, um, undocumented immigrants who immigrated to the U.S. as children who have not yet applied for DACA, uh, not yet received it, uh, the protection, then they will be uh, they'll be facing some issues, um, at, at least in the near term. Now, the Biden administration, um, actually, first let me get into exactly why the judge came up with this ruling. Um, he wrote that DACA violated the Administrative Procedure Act. Uh, which is known as the Magna Carta of Administrative Law. It's it's pretty obscure, but very wide-ranging and well-known by people who uh, who study that type of law. But the act basically requires this sort of like notice and comment session for major federal decisions. And the judge said that that was not given before Obama uh, came up with DACA in 2012. Um, ironically, uh, legal scholars actually thought that the um, Administrative Procedure Act helped prevent uh, Donald Trump from repealing DACA. So it was this thing that almost seemed like it was going to um, be favorable for people in favor of DACA. Uh, instead, that didn't end up being the case. So what's going to happen next? Well, the Biden administration has said that they will appeal the ruling, but a permanent solution likely needs Congress. And as we know, uh, you never know uh, what's going to happen with Congress. Immigration reform has failed in the past, but Democrats have said that figuring out a permanent solution for dreamers is going to be a priority uh, for the near future uh, for a reconciliation package that could happen uh, this year or next year. Uh, so we will have to wait and see what happens. Okay, finally, last 2021 is going to be a great year for lawyers who want to get away from firm life. Why? Well, that's because um, many big firms are asking their associates to return from work after a year away. Um, you know, a year that everyone had been working from home and, and had this much more flexible sort of life and flexible schedule. And uh, recruiters who have been interviewed by Law.com say that associate departures are very likely to, re to rise in the fall uh, unless law firms really kind of change their tactic and aren't so strict about telling people to work from home. Uh, these recruiters have already seen a lot of people either inquire about leaving law firms or leave already. Uh, the first few months of the year uh, were pretty volatile uh, among the big firms uh, in New York, especially. Uh, and uh, one recruiter, Dan Scott, told Law.com that, quote, big firms that let their associates continue to work remote 
will be the beneficiaries of the lateral associates that are currently in firms asking them to come back to work. Already, uh, some firms have seen uh, employees unhappy and changed their work plans. Um, in late May, Paul Hastings announced that staff and attorneys would have to be back in the office five days a week. Just a few days later, they backtracked on that and made it more flexible. But it was already a little too late. Uh, recruiters told Law.com they already started to hear a lot from Paul Hastings' attorneys looking for new jobs. So what what's the uh, sort of uh, lesson to take away from all this? Well, at least in 2021, flexible firms and companies are going to win out and get the best legal talent. Okay, well, that's it um, for this week, guys. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you again next week.